Welcome to the Wellness Journey podcast from the St. Javiani Center. I'm Dr. Mariette Danilo, and I'm grateful for the opportunity to journey with you through these challenging times and to hopefully provide you with information that will help sustain you. Our podcasts are aimed at keeping you healthy in mind, body, and spirit. This is Podcast 11. Well, today, I thought we would do a self-assessment. I hope all of you are doing well now. I hope that um, things are going a little more smoothly for you. It's going to be a while before we're, uh, we get through this time. But we, in the next few months, we are going to be talking about resilience. So we're going to be talking about what a resilient person um, does what behaviors a resilient person has, engages in, and what are the characteristics of someone who would be considered resilient? Because resilience is what it's going to take to get us through this time. And so today I have kind of a pretest because uh, we're going to do another self-assessment after a couple of sessions on, uh, on wellness. But just to take your temperature now and see uh, where you're, where you're, uh, where you are. I have a, a, a resiliency self-assessment from Ohio State University, and this is an instrument that's going to help you identify your strengths, as well as make you aware of areas for improvement. So, let's get started. I'll wait until you get a pencil and paper. Um, you're going to need to write down numbers one, two, three, and so on and so forth. And there are 25 items on this. So let's, let's tell you how you're going to rate these statements. I'm going to read each statement and you're going to give yourself a four, a three, a two, or a one, or a zero. Number four, a four, would mean that the statement is definitely beyond a doubt true. If you give yourself a three, it means the statement is for the most part true. Number, a number of two, a score of two, would mean that the statement is only partly true. A score of one would mean that the statement is only occasionally true. And a zero would mean that the statement is completely false. Okay, so put together your scoring and uh, rate yourself. Put one of those numbers next to the following statements. Number one, I have five supportive relationships in my life. Number two, I can brainstorm other possible choices when confronted with crises. Number three, at an emotional level, I accept change as a part of life. Number four, I have goals and dreams for this year. Number five, I take action on decisions. Six, 
I have hobbies or activities that express my creativity. Number seven, I have tried new activities this year. Number eight, I can list five personal strengths. You don't have to list them here. Just have to think about them. And if you have five of them, then that's true for you. Number nine, I have a strong sense that life is worth living. Number 10, I have self-care strategies for managing strong emotions. Eleven, I have positive self-talk messages. That is, I, when I talk to myself, I'm kind to myself and I'm positive. Number twelve, I take care of myself regularly. And that means how I eat, if I exercise, if I diet, my hygiene, and trips to the doctor. Number 13, I am able to make meaning of suffering. Number 14, I have relationships of mutual support. 15, I am able to choose from a number of options to solve problems. 16, I thrive on change. 17, I have well-defined goals. 18, I solve problems quickly. 19, I find my hobbies relaxing. 20, I enjoy trying new things. 21, I focus on my strengths. Number 22, life is good. 23, I am able to express my feelings openly. Twenty-four, I have a positive view of myself. Twenty-five, pain has shaped who I am. That's pain, P-A-I-N, has shaped who I am. Okay, so now you're going to add up your total score. I'll bet you didn't know there'd be some math in, in this uh, podcast, but so after you add your total score, you get that number, you take that total score and you divide it by 25. So your total score divided by 25 is the average, the average of the scores. All of the self-assessment statements were phrased positively so individual answers of three or four 
would indicate a high degree of resilience in that area. Lower scores signify that attention and skill building are required. So you'd have some work to do. And that was the self-assessment from the Ohio State University. And I think it's an interesting one. Um, as I said, in the next few podcasts, we're going to be talking about resiliency. And we're going to be talking about what it is and how to get it. Because again, once again, we have to boost our immune systems and we need to, uh, we need to be a vibrant and uh, a vibrant, creative person who adapts to change during this time. In fact, um, if, you've, if any of you have studied intelligence, one of the definitions of intelligence, one of the uh, key uh, components of intelligence is the ability to adapt to change. So um, that can be learned. Anyway, just some other suggestions. The American Psychological Association has a list of ways to build resilience. And then you can find many of these resources on our website, but I will tell you what they are. Number one, to maintain good relationships with close family members, friends, and others. Relationships, very important. Number two, to avoid seeing crises or stressful events as unsurmountable problems. Number three, to accept circumstances that cannot be changed. Four, to develop realistic goals and move towards them. They don't have to be lofty goals. They can be realistic, small goals, like I'm going to walk um, I'm going to walk up to the corner today and back. Just a realistic goal. Number five, to take decisive actions in adverse situations. And that's being proactive. Number six, to look for opportunities of self-discovery after a struggle with loss. Seven, to develop self-confidence. Eight, to keep a long-term perspective and consider the stressful event in a broader context. So now you can take an aerial view of the situation. Number nine, to maintain a hopeful outlook, expecting good things and visualizing what is wished. And this really speaks to much of what Sister uh, Mercedes McCann was talking about, anticipatory hope. And of course, uh, as Catholics, hope is a, a central part of our, our faith. So maintaining, maintain that hopeful outlook. Where's the silver lining? Number 10, take care of one's mind and body. Paying attention to one's needs and feelings. Number 11, get adequate restorative sleep. Poor sleep patterns and stress go hand in hand. And for most of these, uh, I can point you back to the podcasts and they could go into more detail on these. Number 12, engage in adequate physical exercise daily. Exercise is a major buffer against stress, including stress from depression. 
13. Maintain a healthy diet and keep your weight within a desired range. You'll have fewer health-related problems. 14. Nourish your quality social support networks through reciprocally supporting others who support you. Quality social support correlates with higher levels of resiliency. 15. Meet challenges as they occur and avoid procrastination and the stresses that come from it and crises that arise from delays. So this is really basically time management. Number 16. Build tolerance for ambiguity and uncertainty and you are less likely to experience anxieties related to a need for certainty. And don't we all have a need for certainty? So we need to build that tolerance for ambiguity and uncertainty and simply not knowing. Number 17. Stretch to achieve realistic optimism. This is a belief that you can both self-improve and act to make things more workable for you. You exercise realistic optimism by acting to do and get better. So I might be optimistic and think I could join the New York Ballet, but that's not realistic. So maybe I could work on stretching and maybe dancing better and maybe taking a class or two of, with a ballet bar. You know, there are things I can do to uh, sort of look toward that. All right. So those are, uh, those are the key um, ways to build resilience according to the American Psychological Association. And I'm not sure if any of you noticed that uh, many of those have been mentioned on our podcasts. So if you go back to each podcast, you'll go back to the loneliness one and talks about quality relationships. And when we get to really teasing apart resilience, you're going to realize just how much connection with others, just how important it is. Um, so uh, do take another look at those podcasts. We, we do talk about the mind and the body and certainly the spirit. So um, very important um, to look at those earlier podcasts might, might help to listen to them again uh, more than once if you can handle my voice. <laughs> but anyway, so um, I want to close uh, by saying, by thanking all of you. I've had some very kind comments. Um, I hope that I'm talking about topics that are useful to you that are relevant and useful and that will help you. I truly, truly hope and pray that that's what, what we're, uh, we're doing here. And um, I do wish you all the best going forward. Um, but right now we're going to say goodbye and I want to close with a quote that I've always loved. It's from Eleanor Roosevelt. And here's the quote. You gain strength, courage, and confidence by every experience in which you really stop to look fear in the face. You are able to say to yourself, I have lived through this horror. I can take the next thing that comes along. 
You must do the thing you think you cannot do. You've been listening to the Wellness Journey podcast from the St. John Vianney Center. I hope today's topic, a resiliency self-assessment, proves useful to you. You can find all our podcasts and get additional information and resources for clergy and religious by visiting our website at sjbcenter.org. Remember, we're companions on the journey to stay healthy in mind, body, and spirit. We are the St. John Vianney Center, and our mission is you. Thank you.